I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, and welcome to Bad Manners. This is the podcast that takes you inside Britain's stately homes and tells all the tales the guidebooks don't. My name is Tom Horton, and I'll be your host. As a comedian, I'm not really bothered about the facts and figures. I just want the juicy stuff. So I'm on a mission to find out the frightening, filthy, and downright jaw-dropping stories of these stately homes and the people in them. Today we're in the oldest recorded town in England, Colchester. It's here in 1076 that William the Conqueror plundered the local Roman architecture to build the first and largest of his great keeps, Colchester Castle. We're here to learn about the castle's history as a county jail, its affiliation with witch hunting and the origins of fake news. We arrive at Colchester Castle and we've immediately been put inside a prison. So thank you for that. Uh, I'm going to look at you, Ben, actually, because you're the expert on the castle. You've led us straight into the prison. Thank you. What a wonderfully warm welcome. Okay, would you like to just introduce yourselves to the listeners and tell us all how you fit in? Yeah, so uh, I am Ben Pates. I am one of the curators for Colchester Museums. And so I work here in Colchester Castle. I'm Bianca Jo Drybra and I am a practicing pagan, self-proclaimed eclectic witch. I... Um, part of the Colchester Pagan community, and I currently work in Rocks and Rubies and have my own small business, Sensual Sorcery. You say, Bianca, you're an eclectic witch. What exactly does that mean? So it means that I've looked at various different kind of witchy, magical, spiritual paths, and I am um, still being aware of cultural appropriation. I'll take what kind of resonates with me and incorporate into my practice. So that's things like tarot, crystals, other divination, working with deities, I particularly like the Greeks, connecting with the moon cycles and the wheel of the year. And you also do tarot readings. That's is that right. right. I have a tarot deck with me, funnily enough, called the Witch's Tarot. <laughs> hmm. Good to know. I've been wondering what to do with my life. Maybe we'll ask the cards. But first things first, what kind of people would be held in an Essex jail? And what for? I'm guessing back then crimes against fake tan weren't a thing. They're not now either, really. I just made that up to reinforce a stereotype and get a cheap laugh. God, I'm awful. So you would have had a whole whole range of people. So where we are is is where the the men were kept, and upstairs is where the women were kept. Is there a reason why 
It was that clap because, of course, men would never sleep with other men and women would never sleep with other women. So, of course, you right. need to separate. <laughs> sure, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's never happened before. Uh, yeah. So I think that I think that was the rationale. But um, any reason why the women are upstairs and the men aren't? I reckon there's also because women, especially if, I'm assuming they weren't giving sanitary products, they want to keep women in their little well, menstruation hole and yeah, men in their yeah, nice, yeah. quote, true. quote, clean one. Can't yeah. have them bleeding all yeah, over the yeah. men. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> No, um, but yeah, I don't know why upstairs, downstairs. I, perhaps, perhaps there was more space down here, and potentially there were more men imprisoned here. But I don't, I don't know. But yeah, it would have been for a whole, whole range of different crimes, from accusations of witchcraft to religious heresy to drunkenness, kind of all sorts of things that we don't really even have laws for nowadays. Yeah. People could be imprisoned for some of the laws Ben is referring to are quite. Odd. In the medieval period, people could be reprimanded for playing football, wearing pointy shoes, or eating more than two courses. If I was alive back then, I'd be in trouble every day. There's nothing I love more than playing football in my pointy shoes followed by a three-course meal. But enough about my perfect weekend. If women were imprisoned for witchcraft, could men be in for the same thing? Now, some men were imprisoned for witchcraft, but not nearly as many as the women. You see, and Bianca, uh, don't look at me awfully for this. I assume that men would be wizards and women would be witches. That's about the level that I'm operating at at the moment. Is it that male witches are, are a thing? Yeah, clearly? for sure. It yeah. all depends on what kind of word you prefer. If I wanted to call myself a warlock, I could. I just like the sound of witch. A warlock I hadn't even factored in for. That, that could, <laughs> that, 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 that's um, all, the whole gender spectrum yeah. is a warlock. Well, they're all, okay, brilliant. Right. Let's um, let's talk about the history of the building then, because it's definitely changed over the years. I saw a painting of the sort of how it used to be, and now it's more domed mm. than turreted. Yes. And you've also got a very nice tree sticking out the top of it. What's with the tree? <laughs> well, it depends who you ask. The tree is a bit of a mystery to a lot of um, a lot of people, both people that work here and people in the town. It's recognisable because it's a big, whopping great tree on top of a castle. It's a big old tree, um, yeah. Some people say it was planted just after the Napoleonic Wars. Some people say it was planted by the daughter of the jailer who lived here. And some people, like myself, think probably a bird flew over one day and just dropped a seed, dropped a seed <laughs> as they do, oh. and it grew. But we don't really know. There's no documented kind of evidence of what happened and how it ended up there. We've just kind of created these stories about it. It's never-ending mysteries in this place. It is incredible. I like it. I li- I'm going to go with the bird one. I, li- I like the bird story <laughs> the best. I think it's my favourite one. So talk us through when the... Uh, quickly go through when when was the building created. It's, it's William the Conqueror doing his going castle mad as he did. Sort of, yeah. It's a very complicated history here. So the foundations underneath where we're sat right now is actually the foundations of a Roman temple. So go back 2,000 years. So the Romans built a temple to the Emperor Claudius and was kind of destroyed and then rebuilt, uh, destroyed by Boudicca. Famous Boudicca. Oh, yeah, Boudicca. And then rebuilt. (laughs) You're a big fan of Boudicca. You're cheering. (laughs) Was she the naked charity, right? Well, not naked. You're confusing uh, Lady Godiva, I think, a little bit. I think I am. (laughs) I think it's... uh, it's a good mashup. I don't know if it's become clear immediately that I'm not a history expert. <laughs> uh, I'm just a big fan of naked women. That's the only, uh, but Boudicca. Yes. Okay. Right. Um, so yeah, she and her, her people kind of burnt the, the temple that was here down. Oh, it wow. was rebuilt. Then Colchester sort of fell into a bit of uh, not as, as prominent a town as it had been. But you're quite right about almost a thousand years after the Romans first built the temple, the Normans came over. They saw this whopping great foundation and thought, that's a great place to build a castle because it's already leveled out and lots of building materials around we can reuse. So they they did exactly that. And that's the problem with this area of the country is we don't have a lot of raw building materials. So a lot of the buildings are recycled. 
So the walls themselves, although built by the Normans, contain Roman ceramics and really? other materials. So yeah. are you constantly just churning up random Roman bits all over Pretty the place? Pretty much. Colchester, yeah. <laughs> if you excavate anywhere in Colchester, the you bus find... station lately. The bus station? Yeah. <laughs> it's, got... it's got all loads of stuff underneath it that they're excavating now. So. Is it really? Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, Colchester. I had no idea. This is bus stations as well. There's, this country, we've now got like kings coming out of car parks. We've got bloody <laughs> Romans coming out of bus shelters. <laughs> What's next? Podcast presenters coming out of the Tower of London? I bloody hope not. That's the last thing we need. Lock them up, that's what I say. Chuck them in prison. No, jail. No, prison. Hang on. What's the difference? So a jail is where you're kept while you're awaiting sentencing, or for a shorter, theoretically shorter period of time, whereas a prison is where you're kept as a punishment or for a longer period of time. Yes, I've been in jail. Have you? A couple of times. Both for streaking. Once in Annick Castle. Oh. Yes, where me and my friends got drunk and we jumped over the fence and they found us hiding behind the giant chess set. <laughs> <laughs> Just three... Pretending to be chess pieces. Yeah, we were, yeah. <laughs> Hardcore porn. And, uh, <laughs> and um, they, they arrested us on suspicion of stealing artwork. Uh, where were you hiding it? That's what, yeah, yeah, that, that was exactly... It's going to have to be a small Rembrandt for, yeah. for me to smuggle that somewhere. And then the second one was through a Tesco's Express, which is not quite as classy. I mean, neither's classy. <laughs> Let's be honest. So yes, carry on. It was, uh, the jail started yes. happening there. So it started to become a jail, I think, in the 1200s, and then has been up until about the early 1800s. But as I mentioned, the actual structure of the building itself changed quite drastically over time and was used in different ways. And, and yeah. the roof of the building, just to add another layer of history, wasn't there until the late 1600s. Because after the English Civil War, there's not a lot of building materials around. So a local ironmonger decided he was going to blow the castle up and use that material to rebuild the town. But he got kind of halfway through, using dynamite, he got halfway through. And Who's this not even, guy? Not even what's, what's this guy's name? Who is he? Um, I can't remember his name. He's oh. a, a, I think it's Wheelie. John Wheelie, I think. Something John like Wheelie. That. Yeah. And That'll he, do. John Wheelie. He, that's yeah. his name For now. For the history books, that's what we're calling <laughs> him. But um, he blew up the, the castle or tried to and then got partway through and realised it wasn't financially viable and so stopped. And so there was no roof for quite a while. And then later on, a guy called Charles Gray, who lived in Holly Trees House, which is another museum that we have now. Uh, this was, the castle was just a feature in his garden, basically. It was still functioning as a jail, but it was kind of just in his garden. Yeah. Um, and so he decided to rebuild the, the roof on the castle, but thought the, the, the idea, the history behind it supposedly is that he thought it was Roman. Um, so he built this Mediterranean-style roof on the top. Uh, well, we, well, yeah, well, like I mean, it was at one point sort of Roman foundations, so yeah. it's not 100% wrong. Yeah, but then there's also these other ideas that it's just Mediterranean because of kind of other other reasons why he might have... He just liked that look, maybe. Sure. Just, like, why not? You've got a castle in your garden, do whatever you want to it, really. Um, yeah, yeah. But it was throughout that period that the building was used to imprison people accused of witchcraft. If I had a castle in my garden, I wouldn't use it to imprison witches... I'd fill it with inflatables and have the country's first actual bouncy castle. I'd also buy myself a crown so I could say I was king of the castle. But enough about my perfect weekend. As we witnessed earlier, I got thrown into a cell as soon as I arrived. Bloody cheek. And whilst I wasn't thrilled about it, there are only a few of us in here and I can leave when I want. This is a luxury hotel compared to the conditions of the 1200s. Yeah, so you've got iron bars on the, on the I wouldn't even call them windows, there's just an opening into the room. You've got wooden panelling all around, big iron locks on the doors. 
very dark. There's no there's no windows to the outside. No, very, it's very, very yeah, yeah, cold, cold in here, mm-hmm. um, relatively, and very small. And you could have had 30 people really? in a cell. And I'm sure there's no sort of couches to... Or, oh, no furniture. Not, not, not a no chaise toilets, lounge. No toilets. No toilets. So you just... You just go where you go. And no food or water unless you had family or friends who were able to pay for that. But then, of course, jailers would probably siphon off some of that coming sure, in so you wouldn't get so you would just starve pretty much most well not most but a lot of people who were accused of witchcraft and placed in these cells or others like them died before they even went to trial unlike nowadays where you kind of have law courts in in every town and city and they kind of regular every day you'll have a trial every day you'll have something going on you had the assizes so the assizes were kind of seasonal courts that would sort of travel around really. And so if an assizes had just happened and then you were accused, you had to wait sometimes six months or more mm. in these cells before you, were sen- before you were sentenced, if you were sentenced. And the conditions were so bad, so many people died while they were waiting. That's horrible. How many women do you think died in this hundreds. castle? Hundreds. hundreds easily, yeah. easily hundreds. There's around 200 women were probably kept here. But these are, again, this is all what's recorded. History is full of gaps. And we, we it's mainly gaps. We actually, it's mainly it? gaps. Most of it is gaps. Yeah, yeah. We know we know there are seven hundred and fifty plus people accused of witchcraft in Essex over a period of a couple of hundred years because of the records that we have. But we also know from other accounts, from the names that aren't on those lists, that other people were accused and died as a result of people accusing them of witchcraft. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics, in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. So how did the hysteria of witchcraft and witches and all these accusations and these hunts actually come about in the country? What was going on at the time 
there's a few causes i think and and one of the the biggest that led to such a, a huge increase in the 1500s and then into the 1600s is the printing press really so that was that was the the key thing and you have some early texts um particularly late 1400s texts like the malleus maleficarum I don't know if you've heard of that one. Um, I mean, that sounds that sounds to me like what she says in Bed Knobs and Broomsticks yeah. to get, to get <laughs> the, the, the armor to start with. And that's Draguna Bacoides Tracorum Satis Thee. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well that sounds right. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> but the, so this book, that's Latin for Hammer of the Witches. So wow. it was a book that was written as a guide, basically, to identify and hunt and essentially kill people that you suspected of witchcraft and this is one of the first books that came out of the printing press is that what you're saying one of the very early ones really yeah. and it came from germany and then it was printed all over europe and it ended up all over the world because of because of the sheer, sheer speed that you could print things as a result of the press it just ended up everywhere well it sort of reminds me a little bit like um fake news on the internet a printing press i guess is sort of a precursor to the internet in a way of just being able to transmit information as quickly as possible so then the information that gets out quickest is the stuff that people just naturally pick up and believe yeah and of course you didn't really have much editing back then no. someone someone decides they want to write a book and they have enough money to go to a printing press and get it printed they could be saying anything and yeah. literacy was quite low so this is the other yeah. thing this would have been books read by kind of high powerful people and that would have led to them believing that there were kind of witches so this is again going back to that kind of definition thing i've only thought about this recently but i see the term witch we sort of touched upon it is a bit like other terms in other minority groups that have been reappropriated in recent times so right. back then the word witch was derogatory yeah. you would use it to accuse a magical practitioner of being right. whatever but they wouldn't have seen themselves as witches necessarily they were healers midwives lots yeah. of different roles important roles within society so they were respected and it was only because of shifting attitudes within the church and the other thing that happens in the 1500s is in england is the split from the catholic church and the constant back and forth of are we protestants are we catholic are we protestants yes are we catholic? henry the eighth getting uh, <laughs> getting the horn Sorry, has got a part. lot to our yeah our, he started as far, it as far as like things that change the history of the country henry the eighth going church of england is one of the big ones isn't yeah. it well he did he created the first witchcraft act but did actually he? it only lasted five years and no one as far as we're aware no one was at least no one was executed under that act that's surprising because he yes. likes executing why did he recreate it did he do it because he's got he needs to get another wife off yeah. well it could have been well he did accuse Anne Boleyn of witchcraft Anne Boleyn, ah. that, that's what the six fingers was about mm -hmm. right was it to make, yeah. To make it yeah. There, yeah he did and this is the other thing there were people accused of witchcraft before these witchcraft laws but they were often um, executed for things like heresy rather than witchcraft specifically. So it just got all mixed up in the accusations, really. But it was Henry VIII that created the first ever specifically for witchcraft law. But like I say, it lasted five years, didn't really happen. And then it was Elizabeth I who had the first one where you start to see executions. <laughs> One of the first people in the country to be executed under Elizabeth I's witchcraft law was local Essex woman Elizabeth Lowes. She was accused of killing three people. So who were the three people and how was she accused of killing them? Uh, I can't remember the names of the three people, but um, <laughs> that's fine. Don't worry about them. How she killed them is really what we actually <laughs> yeah. want to hear about. Let's well, this is, this is the thing. I think a lot of the accusations you find, because again, if someone winds up dead, you don't necessarily know how they died. And what then happens is 
people formulate their own idea of what could have happened. And this is where familiars come in quite a lot. So familiars are the animal companions of accused witches. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm, I'm now just thinking back to playing the Witcher three on PS4 (laughs) and trying to get as much familiars were a thing in that, but Mm -hmm. even like a black cat would be the most sort of stereotypical familiar. So the black cat has become a modern day familiar kind of concept of a familiar, but not, not always. And you get kind of any colored cat, you get a lot of toads, toads, Um, yeah, classic toads. You have kind of ferrets, any sort of domesticatable animal could be a familiar. And the idea is that the person accused of witchcraft might not have even had that animal anywhere nearby. There might yeah. have been a, a kind of a, a ferret running past <laughs> well, in a yeah. bush. They're like, that's their familiar. Yeah. That must be them going off to do their oh, bidding. I thought you meant, she's got a chicken in Southend-on-Sea. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure they're in cahoots with each other. I mean, it could have been that it's as well. It's got a dodgy beak. People that did, people that did have, have animals. Um, the idea of a pet didn't quite exist in the same way as it does does now i'm sure people cared about their domesticated animals but a lot of the time they were for pest control for labor dogs out in the fields or that kind of stuff they were they were practical as well as kind of loved animals yeah but then things like toads it's kind of like well why was someone keeping a toad like that seems like a a silly thing but that became the thing that if you have a any animal nearby your house, that was the devil incarnate doing your bidding. Yeah, I imagine quite a lot of farmers' wives got accused just naturally <laughs> by going. She's got she's got a herd of cattle out there. Yeah. She's got a whole entourage of familiars. Yeah, um, are familiars? Um, did you still call them that? Kind of. Yeah. Some people see like a pet isn't necessarily going to be a familiar, but sometimes. There's... <laughs> yeah, that, no, that's just my buddy. He, he's, he's actually Jewish and, uh, and nothing to do with yeah, the pig. Not practicing pig, and yeah. So sometimes your cat, if you've got a bit of a weird cat that just seems to be if there, you've got at a the bit right of a weird time, cat, yeah, and they just like <laughs> my cat always seems to want to sit on my lap whenever I do tarot. He seems to always kind of try and claw into the room. He did it when I did the podcast with the White Witch podcast. He always wants to claw into the room while I'm doing something spiritual. So I could push to say he's a familiar, but he doesn't transform into the devil, unfortunately. <laughs> oh. He just likes to eat paper and poo in the wrong place sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> not yeah, not the most horrendously yeah, devilish activities, no. you'd say. Well, we all like to eat paper and poo in the wrong place sometimes. But enough about my perfect weekend. Back to Elizabeth Lowe's. When she was accused of witchcraft in 1564, she pleaded neither innocent nor guilty. She was the one that pleaded, pleaded the belly is what it was called. So the pleaded idea that the you, were, you, were, you were pregnant. Um, so that was not just with witchcraft, that was with, with anything. If you were accused of a crime, you could plead the belly and you would then be exempt from punishment because you had to allow your child to give Allow your child to give birth? Allow <laughs> you to give birth to your child. Right, I see. Is that um, including like... Like anything, any punishment, any crime. As far as I'm aware, any crime you could you could make that plea, and then that would postpone postpone punishment. But that it shows that there was an awareness. She had an awareness that that was a thing in the law. Because what what happened in the end is that when she was uh, imprisoned, her cellmates, if they were the right term, um, realised she wasn't pregnant, and right. kind of brought that to the attention of the officials. And then so she was hung eventually. And so the like, hanging was the thing they did. Um, yes. Because then they started doing all these sort of trials, like drowning and if they mm. float and all that sort of stuff. Well, that wasn't that wasn't an execution. That was a test. That was a test. But unfortunately, right. many people died as a result of it. Sort um, of a, a test that's impossible to actually yeah. pass. So that's called either swimming or, or ducking. The idea was that you would tie the opposing thumb and toe so you couldn't escape and you would be then placed in the water. And if you floated, that was the water rejecting the devil in you. And so you were seen as guilty. 
because you were floating and alive. And if you drowned, you're innocent. But hooray, you've gone to heaven, so it doesn't really matter. There must have been examples of people just pointing out <laughs> how that's not right. <laughs> there going, would have been. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. But then there was, again, this, this goes back to power and authority. The people making these decisions were in really important positions within the church, within local government, people who took it on themselves to go around making these punishments. And yeah. if you have enough people backing you, if you say that person's a witch and enough people are so afraid that they could be a witch that they back you and follow you, then you could, you could do anything. Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. People in important positions of authority granting themselves the power to police women, clearly the 1500s were unenlightened times. Could you imagine women today being persecuted, shamed, publicly humiliated, bullied, or treated unfairly by a group of powerful men? <laughs> Speaking of authority, we should get on to Matthew Hopkins, mm. the Witchfinder General, who is infamous now yes. as being a pretty bad guy who did some pretty awful things to a lot of very mm. innocent women. Yes. Let's just get a sort of overview of Matthew Hopkins. So he he was self-titled. So he grew up in Suffolk. He um had a very religious, again, most people had religious upbringings back then, but particularly religious with his, his father was a member of the clergy and kind of was brought up in a very kind of strict religious kind of household, possibly read things like the Malleus Maleficarmen. He, he was, he was well-educated, so he would have had access to those sorts of things. This is obviously in the, in the 1600s now. So the, the book would have been out for a while and there would have been other ones since then. We know other books were published similar 
in the following hundred years or so. Malleus Malcommon too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this time it's personal. Yeah. <laughs> and then he ends up in, in Essex in Manningtree and um, takes over this pub and decides to travel around the east of England, as you do, finding witches and accusing them of witchcraft and killing them, basically. He had an accomplice. It seems like he found accomplices in all the different areas as well. There were people working for him, in, in essence, in all the different areas. Because you think east of England, He's that's quite... He's got bros in <laughs> yeah. different area codes. <laughs> well, yeah, money was the reason. They, oh, he, money, yeah. He's yeah, just got money. people he pays he, in different <laughs> areas. Friends he pays for. Area. <laughs> um, quite as cool. <laughs> no, but he was covering Norfolk, Suffolk, Essex, Cambridgeshire. Like a, a huge area was covered. And so he needed all of these points of contact all across this region. Yeah, I bet they weren't particularly great guys either, were no. they? No, no, not at all. Although one, one moment of... of pride i think perhaps in the town of of colchester now city of colchester but town as it was the people of colchester caught on very quickly oh, did they yeah they they realized what he was up to although some women were you, imprisoned here, a, do you know this are you do you know this story a little bit i know that we kind of was like oh yeah you're trying to scam us off you yeah. go Basically, really? they chased him out they chased him out of town here yeah, yeah. Oh, well done, Colchester. Um, so although, like I say, although unfortunately some some women were imprisoned here because of Matthew Hopkins, the town as a whole was actually very was actually quite friendly. Anti anti Hopkins. Was there any sort of examples of I'm now thinking about the priests and the priest holes and the priests hiding in them. Is there any sort of equivalent of a witch hole? Or people being friendly with witches and trying to sort of hide them quite possibly those i don't know of any accounts of that but it's quite possibly people would have would have tried unfortunately what happens more often is as soon as someone's accused the fingers start pointing in all other directions and you end up with big groups of people facing accusations that was that's what happened with matthew hopkins and you have the the story unfortunately one of the big groups of, of women who were kind of gathered together from across northeast essex you have a, a mother and daughter Anna and rebecca west and it seems that Rebecca gave testimony against all of the other women and her mother and was then released because she gave this testimony. We don't know what happened to her afterwards. Quite likely she changed her name and moved somewhere else because... Yeah, sure. That's I, I, would, I, 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 would be, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be hanging around. The first victim of Matthew Hopkins mm. was Elizabeth Clark. Yes. Who is an eight-year-old woman with one leg. Yes. So he started with a, you know, a really vulnerable woman. Yeah. What's her story? So she was in that same group as Anne and Rebecca West. So there were various women who were perhaps a bit older, widowed, a lot of them, perhaps without husbands who lived in Manningtree and, and that surrounding area. And what happened is Elizabeth Clark was the one, the first accusations came against her. And you kind of think, well, how can a, an elderly woman with one leg do so much damage? But then this is what, where witchcraft comes in. They say, well, she doesn't need to get out and do anything. She's using her familiars. She's using her magic to punish people. And um, 
It was the... Uh, <laughs> was that a spooky knock? Was, yeah, it was the knock or something. Calling. Let's not start getting... The place is haunted. We're in trouble. What's going on? She's, she's agreeing. She's knocking in agreement. Bianca, what have this you... This is what happened. What potion have you just got us all to swallow? I, I you assured me this was a latte. What's going on? This better not be some hocus pocus stuff. It's definitely not me. Definitely not my familiar. So she she was the first. And then then gradually more women across that area kind of got, got caught up in this. And again, it's one of those instances, it seems, where... One or two individuals just had a grudge against yeah. this woman for various reasons. I think she'd she she was she was a sort of healer. She had kind of offered services to some people and then either refused to or, or couldn't anymore. And that's where people started to kind of get angry. Elizabeth also was accused of having quite a few interesting familiars, right? Different animals. Different yeah. animals. I've got here that she's had a vinegar vinegar tom. Yeah. Who was a greyhound with long legs. Yeah. I mean they've all got long legs, but extra long legs who turned into a four-year-old boy with no head. Sure. If you were to be a familiar and to turn into a boy, you'd give yourself a head. Yeah. <laughs> why, would, why would you choose to not have Blend a head? In. Yeah, right? Like, come on, this is not Sleepy yeah. Hollow, mate. You're what, in Colchester. What I find, I find really hilarious, reading some of the accounts of the accusations, a lot of them are like, it was white and in the shape of a dog. And it's like, well, was it not a dog? <laughs> yeah. Do not think that maybe that's what Dog-ish. it was. Yeah. And there's a lot of them that yeah. it was in the shape of a cat. It's like, well, it was a cat then, wasn't yeah. it? Why do you think it's some demon? When Elizabeth was caught by Matthew Hopkins... Apparently, they, he sort of made her stay up all night, not being able to go to sleep, just mm. watched her. Yeah. So it's a, it's a practice of torture called watching. So he wouldn't have been the only one that did this because he would have to stay awake the whole time as well if, yeah, if that was the case. So what happened is you, that's where his accomplices come in and you would have shifts of people watching the suspected witches and they weren't allowed to sleep or eat or do anything until the idea is that eventually they give in and say, yep, I'm a witch rather die than have to sit here awake for nights on end basically they're just driving them mad until they admit to something they haven't done yeah and there was another there was another practice called walking which is where they were forced to walk for that period and again you'd take shifts and someone would come in and make them walk constantly usually barefoot as well so even more painful oh god so i'm interested to know how long how long is the longest you guys have stayed awake for I'll be honest. So I've recently done a, a, a stag do in Las Vegas. <laughs> and I was up for about four days straight. And my, and my experience is um, you lose a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and um, you wake up eventually with a Denny's breakfast that, you, <laughs> that you've slept face down on in a hotel room. Mine's probably been about up three nights. It was when I was a teenager. Three nights. Jesus. And we were just, we were camping on consecutive three nights getting a bit drunk <laughs> and um by the end of it when people were talking to me it was coming out i thought they were like make having fun and were talking another language i couldn't understand what they were saying and then when i was pulling my wheelie trolley behind me i kept thinking it was a police car pulling up so i kept turning around <laughs> um and i've worked in mental health as well and you can get people who haven't slept and you get sleep deprivation psychosis so you know you can imagine keeping these women up then they're actually having a psychosis and they're like oh yeah we'll take that as testament no worries oh wow yeah so you actually know how long does it take for the human body to sort of start completely going insane varies from person to person i think your current mental health will have an impact on how easy it would be to kind of slip into psychosis it can depend on what kind of drugs you've got in your system Mm -hmm. variety of things my half-assed internet research tells me it would only take a couple of days before you started hallucinating No wonder these women confessed. I'd tell you the Disney remakes were better than the originals if it meant I could get some sleep. Walking and watching sounds horrible enough, 
But before we go, let's round off this hat trick of horrors. Those are the two main ones is kind of watching and walking are the, the two forms of torture. You also have pricking. So there was a, th- a kind of a, a theory at the time that anyone who was a witch would have marks on their body where the devil in the form of their familiars would suckle blood from the witch. Yeah, right. And so what you would do is you would, using a needle or something sharp, you would prick different kind of moles, acne, like any anything on the face that like isn't pure skin you would stab with a needle um and, if and, I, you... and i imagine the skincare routines of the 1700s <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. Didn't, they didn't have a keels counter did they, they, were, everyone. they were, yeah, yeah. Pretty, everyone would have had a bit of acne everyone had something yeah um and the idea was i think actually different accounts say the opposite thing but i think predominantly it was if the mark didn't bleed then you were seen as a witch. And one of the reasons we know this as well is because we know that there were retractable blades going around. So people were using these retractable blades to kind of trick. And we know this because of Matthew Hopkins. He wrote a book as well, but he, he in his book was saying, isn't it awful that some people are having to trick people into believing that witches are real with these tools. So he had an, he had images of these tools in his book and he was saying, look at, look at these kind of, implements that people are using you need to use proper stabby tools yeah, yeah. um <laughs> yeah only the finest sharp needles but his book it's believed was one of the main influences for the salem witch trials right because that I, book made it over there right so he's six degrees of separation got john proctor burnt alive at the stake mm-hmm. in the as a crucible reference for anyone who doesn't know <laughs> i'm harking back to my gcse drama here <laughs> I got a C in GCSE drama, by the way. Been coasting on that success ever since. That's it for this episode, but Colchester has a lot more up its witch's sleeve, so make sure you come back next time for stories of murderous cats and sex magic. Plus, Bianca reads my tarot. Do I have to put my hands down on the table or anything? You can put your hands... Anywhere. Nearly anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Until then, remember, if you're accused of witchcraft, plead the belly. If it's in the shape of a dog, it's probably a dog. And if you love podcasts, mind your manners. Thanks for listening to Bad Manners. If you like the pod, please share it with your friends. Rate it on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a review and make sure you spill the tea on any of your favourite Bad Manners that we could feature in future episodes. This podcast was produced by Atomized Studios for iHeartRadio. It was hosted by me, Tom Horton, it was produced by Willa Malensky, Rebecca Rappaport, and Chris Attaway. It was executive produced by Faye Stewart and Zad Rogers. Our production manager is Caitlin Paramore, and our production coordinator is Bella Salini. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. 
David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.